You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everybody. It is Weird Islanders, the podcast, back once again. My name is Dan. That is Mike. How's it going, Mike? It's it's going well. Uh, near the end of the current NHL season and, and about to talk about one of my uh, one of my all-time favorite NHL seasons, <laughs> thanks to our, our Weird Islander tonight. Yeah, this one uh, is a real can of worms, and I think I'm going to say that probably a lot over <laughs> the course of the next 45 minutes or so. But uh, yeah, this guy uh, has a lot uh on his plate uh for, for such a short time uh so the uh the player of tonight is great but the guest is also great and uh you and he are very close so i'm going to let you do tonight's introduction for our special weird islanders the podcast guest yeah uh tonight we'll have my good buddy eric needell uh coming to us from from beautiful rockville center <laughs> new york uh eric and i are constantly talking throughout Islander games, so he he's a, a perfect guest for this uh, this opportunity because he he understands the existential dread of, <laughs> of being an Islander fan, and and I think this this season that we're about to talk about th- because of this guy was was kind of the advent of where I started to really realize just like how much emotion this team can kind of put on you. Uh, because this was a roller coaster season, and this mm. is a roller coaster player who, uh, there's just a lot to unpack here. So, uh, without further ado, Eric, uh, will you have the floor? <laughs> Thanks for welcoming me on. <laughs> welcome me on, Mike and Dan. That's an honor to join you guys and talk about certainly one of one of what I think is the weirdest Islanders, and probably talk a lot about what I think is one of the weirdest Islander seasons out there. Uh, it definitely is, and it's one that we have visited a couple of times already this season because it is so strange. And I mean, there's just such a, and I don't think we've even really scratched the surface of this entire season. We could probably do a bunch of other episodes on it, uh, but uh, I think uh, without any further ado, uh, we should get to our featured player for today. So, Eric Needell, would you please reveal the focus of tonight's episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast? Today's episode will be about Chris Simon. Oh my, just the name, just the name alone. Uh, it's a can of worms. Like there's just so much. I, yeah. You almost feel like a little, I feel a little nervous, like talking yeah. about him. There's right. a lot to hear. Yeah, there, there is. Uh, and uh, it's, 
the Islanders are just a kind of a very small portion portion of the Chris Simon story, but they take up a lot of of real estate because of a couple of incidents that we're going to talk about in depth for sure. But um, let let's start with the obvious. So why Chris Simon? I mean, yes, this is this was a very strange Islanders team. Uh, it was a roller coaster season. This was, of course, the Ryan Smith. Uh, season that you know was all over the place, but why Chris Simon specifically from that team? What made him stand out to you? Yeah, the uh, the oh six oh seven Islanders is probably the richest ground for weird Islanders, I think, in our recent history. Um, I mean, heck, the season started with our backup goalie being elevated to GM, but <laughs> I I went with Chris Simon just because I think in terms of what somebody accomplished in terms of memories. In such a short time, he gave us a lot. And uh, I think he's a, is a pretty interesting time capsule in terms of where the NHL was, where the Islanders were. And uh, just, you know, sort of a little bit of a little bit of taste for how far we've come. And also not only as the Islanders, but also as a league, too. You don't really see too many Chris Simons running around anymore. So I, I feel no. like it would be a good time to yeah. Yeah, circle back and revisit that time. And that that might not necessarily be a bad thing, <laughs> uh, necessarily. <laughs> but uh, but let let's start for, so for his, from his pre Islanders days because even that was was pretty uh, eventful. Um, uh, some people might remember him from breaking into the league with Quebec, but actually he was drafted by the Flyers. I did not realize this in the second round of ni- the nineteen ninety draft. Ended up in Quebec as part of the Eric Lindros trade, so he ended up there. He was, I think. Uh, yeah, just kind of a throw in with a hundred other guys, uh, including Ron Hextall, Peter Forsberg, Steve Duchesne, blah, 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 Mike Ricci, uh, and got Eric Lindros to Philly, which is obviously was a huge deal. And I think people, most people kind of left the Nordiques for dead at that point, but funny thing happened. Those guys turned out to be pretty good. (laughs) Some of them did anyway. And, uh, they got really, really good and eventually moved to Colorado and won the Stanley cup. And, uh, Chris Simon was on that that 96 avalanche team, obviously getting Patrick Y after moving to Colorado was kind of a big deal. Um, And then promptly was traded that summer to Washington where he uh, was traded for uh, a guy who was apparently an expert on the Islanders, Keith Jones. And if you don't know what we're talking about, (laughs) check out uh, today's uh, uh, the athletic uh, for a story that uh, features Keith Jones prominently. Uh, One about the Islanders don't ask. I don't get it either. Anyway, um, so, you know, he, he was traded to the Caps, and, you know, to that point, Chris Simon was, to be blunt, a goon. This was a guy who averaged well over 100 penalty minutes a season. He had 250 that first year for the Avalanche, and 250 penalty minutes and 16 goals. That's a hell of a season. And to your point, Eric, like, we don't see guys like that anymore. I mean, it's almost mind-boggling to think with, like, a 20, 2022 brain, a guy racking up 250 penalty minutes and also getting 34 points at 16 goals and 18 assists. Like that's not a bad season. Uh, but uh, yeah, they don't, they don't really make guys like that anymore. And he was really kind of one of the last ones like that. Like the sort of Rick Tockett style guy who could, you know, score goals, but boy, he just, he was like a wrecking machine out there. He was just fighting, fighting, fighting. That, that That's a crazy thing. I mean, do you have like a, an affinity for guys like that? I mean, I, I, just, I remember them and I was almost kind of scared of them, but it is funny. Like he's, that's a very rare thing to see these days. You never see him. Nobody gets him 200 penalty minutes at all anymore, let alone with 16 goals. That's crazy. Yeah. I've always found guys like that to be interesting because it just takes such a specific person to say, you know what? I'm going to rack up enough fights at the NHL and again, to enough just nonsense to rack up that many minutes in a game, like in a season. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> Right, And, you know, it's a, it takes a special type of person to throw themselves into that mix. But mm. I just love, absolutely love the fact that he had that 16-goal season with a 16-goal season within that 250 penalty <laughs> season. And then later in his career, he almost got 30 goals. So, he, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so he could play a bit, too. So he's just always kind of fascinated me. And then also kind of pre-Islanders pre, uh, tenure, I think one of my favorite images is if you just type in Chris Simon in Google and look at him as that old Capitals jersey with the long hair, mm. like to me that is like '90s hockey in in a, in a nutshell. There, so yeah, um, oh yeah, for sure with the eagle, the screaming eagle, yeah, the long hair, yeah, that was a that was yeah. We'll talk about that Caps thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he gets traded to the Capitals and yeah, he scores 29 goals in 99 2000, 
Uh, and that's pretty wild. Actually, before that, he went to the cup finals with the Caps in 98. So he got traded to the, you know, wins a cup with Colorado two years later. He's in the cup final again with Washington. But he's still, you know, he's only got seven goals one year, three the other 28 games. I think he was hurt maybe a lot. Uh, and then all of a sudden he just busts out for 29 goals. And it's like, what? How did that happen? Uh, I remember that. And I remember like ESPN kind of playing that up like Chris Simon. How does he, you know, like it was kind of a big deal. Uh, but again, he had 146 penalty minutes, uh, which again is nothing to sneeze at. Like guys don't really get that much anymore. And to go along with 30 goals, I mean, he had, he came in 13th in Hart Trophy voting that year, which I know sounds <laughs> kind of silly. But like, that's, a, that's a pretty impressive season for a guy who just a couple of years earlier, I mean, was mainly just a goon. So I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, that's a, a he has look at this a, a, yeah he all-star six six uh so i guess he just missed the the end of season all-star team he was yeah. he was the number six and, and 13 in art trophy mm. uh voting in and i mean this was the you know the dead puck era yes uh, of course so sure. like you didn't need to to light it up uh anymore and actually th- just looking at who won the heart that year Chris Pronger, nah, <laughs> like like it's just you, you, you look at the and you just look at the list of names on here and you think like okay there's there's a couple stars like there's Yager that came in second Pavel Burry in third uh, and then you go down and it's Olaf Kolzig Owen Nolan <laughs> f- favorite of the show Roman Turk mm. uh, Mark Recchi Iserman Lidstrom Madonna so it's like you, you think about the Hart Trophy vote was tonight and you just think about the names that were being voted on mm. two generational talents. Uh, I guess three uh, with with the three guys that were uh, up for the heart, and then uh, you look at this list, you're like, wow, like yeah, Yager and Bure were both legends, but you look at the guys around the the peripherals here, and like Owen Nolan, a nice little player, but that, he wouldn't he wouldn't be like the the, the this is how you grow the game uh, kind <laughs> of superstar of, right. of back then. So uh, yeah, this this name like. Simon on this list of players is, is sticks out like a sore thumb. Right. Uh, it's pretty crazy to see him ahead of names like Hashik and uh, Iginla and, and Shanahan Sackick, whatever. Mm. But but it's like it's also at the same time like eh, for that era, it, it makes like a, almost a little bit of sense that that he uh, he got some he got some votes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, just reiterate, he wasn't just amongst those names; he was above Joe <laughs> <laughs> That's a fire. Oh God. Yeah. That's pretty funny. His former teammate Joe Sackick. I'm sure I'm sure he right. sent a phone call to Sackick way, like, hey man, check out the heart trophy voting. I'm, <laughs> I'm higher than you are. <laughs> um sadly, you know, and a lot of people were like I remember at the time people being like, I mean, this is this is kind of like an outlier season. There's no way this is like Chris Simon going forward is going to be scoring 30 goals a season. And uh, sure enough, they were right. That was the high point of his scoring output. And in fact, the next season, he had uh, 10 goals and 10 assists in 60 games. And just as a, a personal story, so I have, a, I have a good friend of mine uh, who's a big Penguins fan. And that year, the Penguins and Caps met in the playoffs. Islanders, of course, were not in the playoffs. Uh, that year, this would be 2000, 2001. And so uh, he wanted to go down to Washington to watch one of these playoff games. So I'm like, okay, let's go. I wore my Islanders jersey. Nobody bothered me. It was very funny. So I got some weird look like, what are you doing here? Anyway, uh, and we watched the uh, Capitals get eliminated by the Penguins uh, by on a Yarmir Yager goal in game six. Yager, I'll never forget this goal. He was like along the goal line. He threw the puck towards Ole Kolzig's net and the puck bounced off of Kelly Johansson's skate and behind Kolzig, and that was the end of the series. And everybody was very dejected. It was Washington. Everybody was really sad. And on the way home, we had on the sports talk radio station in Washington. And uh, I remember them specifically like citing Chris Simon's uh, crash to earth as part of the reason why the Caps uh, did not do better because they had a good team that year. And uh, nope, not with you know, 10 goal Chris Simon <laughs> as opposed to 29 goal Chris Simon. And I remember they were very angry and we were looking at each other like, man, did you really think that Chris Simon was going to score another 29 goals? Because uh, I could have told you that wasn't going to happen. So anyway, that's that's not really relevant to the story. But um, after the, a couple more years in Washington, he had a 14 goal season a couple of years later. Um, he starts sort of touring the NHL. They traded him to the Blackhawks. If you thought Weird Island, if you thought Chris Simon was a Weird Islander, he's definitely a Weird Blackhawk because I did not remember this uh, section at all. 
Uh, and still, again, he managed to rack up 125 penalty minutes in just 61 games uh, as a Blackhawk, which is really, really something spectacular. Uh, then he signed with the Rangers. Then he signed with Calgary for a couple of years. And now we finally get to his section with the Islanders. So he signs with the Islanders in 2006, primarily on the strength of his relationship with Ted Nolan, who I know is a Michael Leboff favorite uh, and their relationship. And it goes back to when uh, Ted was coaching Sault Ste. Marie in junior and Chris Simon played for the team. But more importantly, he had a drinking problem back then. And Nolan was instrumental in getting him into the substance abuse program, getting him cleaned up and really setting him on a path towards playing in the NHL. And it's a really kind of heartwarming story. And that was how he ended up here. Um, Eric, do you remember Simon signing here? Was it something that you had looked forward to? Is it something you kind of paid attention to or did you just tune in one day and were like, whoa, is Chris Simon here? How'd that happen? Yeah. So that was an active summer uh, to say <laughs> the least. So right. that, that to me was sort of a little bit of like a footnote on, on a pretty, crazy time in Islanders land, but I, I was kind of looking forward to seeing him play just because, uh, you know, at that time, especially having a guy go in there, mix it up, be 250 penalty minutes type of player, uh, you knew it was at least going to be entertaining. <laughs> and uh, they seemed to have high hopes for you know, what he could bring to the team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember distinctly them talking about his shot. Um, I, I can't remember, you know, if it was Nolan or, or if it was like maybe like a one of those season preview shows they used to have on like FS1 or mm. uh, whatever channel they were on back then. Um, and of course, like the, the, when they were like introducing the new players, cause like you said, like very active off season, uh, that one where we, we kind of just became this mercenary team with, with veterans from p- people from teams all over uh, or f- from players who have played, who have made their mark with teams from all over, like Brendan Witt and mm. uh, Sillinger, uh, those kind of Tom Pody, like, and I remember when they were talking about Simon and, and why they signed him. And, and of course, like the Nolan part was uh, the biggest, the biggest factor. And it was like, it was a touching story. And, and all, he, he went from being like, oh, this guy was a former Ranger and a goon that I remember <laughs> to being like, wow, I really want to root for this guy. But they, <laughs> they were talking about like, he's, he's like gifted offensively. He's got a great shot. And it didn't take long for him to, to show that off. I'm, I'm looking at right now. He scored his first goal in I think in their third game of the year on that West coast trip, uh, that started the season where they started one and three and um, he, he, he scored his first goal in a, in a four, three, five, excuse me, five, four uh, went over Anaheim uh, along with Mike York, Trent Hunter uh, mm. and, and uh, Alexa Yashin. Um, <laughs> so it, but, and it was a power play goal, which, which shouldn't be lost on anyone here that, that Chris <laughs> yes. Simon was on the power play for yes. the Islanders back then. Um, but he, but he, he like really quickly, I was like, this guy is better than, than mm. I thought. Like he has a good shot and he's decent hands. And he's obviously always around the net because he's right. huge. Um, and he just, he, he, he very, very quickly became just like Ted. Like you're like, damn, I want this guy to succeed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, like, contextually as well, I think we had kind of fizzled out after the lockout as a team and they were very much a team in search of identity. Yeah. And having Ted Nolan come in, bring in his guys, they kind of Sillinger in, they got Brendan Witt. They're playing a tougher brand of hockey. It was, it was very easy to root for these guys early on, even the expectations weren't too high. Yeah. Yeah. Nolan, Nolan was a big one. And I remember because people had been like kind of, uh, I guess, all over Charles Wong for years to get Ted Nolan. Like they used to have these like town hall meetings and it was always like, why did you guys sign Ted Nolan? What is it? And then finally he's like, yeah, okay, fine. We'll sign Ted Nolan. And they got him in there. And uh, yeah, it was definitely a tougher bet. And I agree with you 100%, like coming out of the lockout. It was like, who, who even are these guys? Like, you know, <laughs> they were wearing these weird jerseys, like the pajama jerseys. It was hard to kind of get into it. Uh, I always say I met my wife during this time and we dated while the NHL was locked out. And if they hadn't been locked out and they had been playing, I don't know if we would be married right now because she would know that I was a complete crazy person. But I'd have to worry about the Islanders for a year, so it worked out. <laughs> and uh, that part of part of the Ted Simon, even like not as much wit, I guess, but like Sillinger, uh, kind of ethos was that all these guys had a chip on their shoulder and were like looking at the Islanders as kind of their either, like like for Simon because he he did have some some off ice issues that were following him around. Ted was not a coach, even though he won the Jack Adams in like 1997, then he, mm. he was like unceremoniously dumped by the Sabres and then was out of the game for a decade. Um, and then, you know, and then 
like the Sillingers, he's he played for the Islanders were his 11th or 12th team. You know, he had that nickname suitcase because yeah. he was the most traveled player at the time. Derek Broussard, by the way, is, is coming for that title. He's, he's pretty close. <laughs> to um, but uh, like these guys had this like chip on their show. I mean, even like Alexei Yashin, like he, yes. because of his contract. And so all these guys, Tom Pody, like was on a one-year prove-it contract. Victor oh, Kozlov was on a one-year pr- prove-it mm. contract. Like, so all these guys had this, this, weirdly because usually when you think it's like us against the world it's usually like a young scrappy team but this was like a group of 30 somethings who who were like <laughs> like and, and ted nolan like no it's it, everyone's counting us out it's, it's us mm. it's us against the world um and and that that kind of identity like eric said kept growing as the season yeah. did like because because we all know how the season ended with everyone counting them out and them going on that crazy run to get into the playoffs so that season really was just Right. And and I think Nolan and, and, and Simon are the focal points for this. Like uh, this team was counted out. I don't think I think if you showed this roster to anybody outside of Islander land, but like can you name anybody from the two thousand six, two thousand seven <laughs> Islanders? They'd say Rick DiPietro and, and that pro- and maybe Yashin and that would be it. Right. Uh but the rest of them, man, like this this is this is a great, great group of guys. Yeah. Um that might be the ultimate like us against the world team, even more so than the Tavares. Uh, era ones because again like those dudes were old like they just you know they they had been around and people kind of just forgot about them as opposed to being you know never were as they were just like completely they were the true island of misfit toys and uh somehow put together a pretty good team <laughs> and, and none of them were good like none of them were like stars like this wasn't right, like yeah. yamir yager coming to the team at like age 37 after right. you know a little stint somewhere else like this was mike sillinger doing it yeah, yeah. well i love sillinger though i got i gotta say i he left such an impression on me during roller hockey at that time i started wearing number 18 just for him oh, wow i was a big mike Sillinger guy <laughs> <laughs> he, he seemed to have like the perfect moral compass uh for mm. for hockey player Sillinger. And, and and when they brought him like him and and simon and, and what like they kept talking and you know this this is something eric brought up before like this is this this team was is weirdly has the same kind of vibes that like a barry trotz coach team would uh. um whereas like yeah the first step in, in towards success for this group is for everyone to get on the same page and mm. just like believe in, in how we're doing things rather than like the results. And um, the, the how for this team was just playing like dogged, hard, <laughs> heavy hockey um, and just being tough to, to play against. Like Brendan, I remember Brendan Witt, like following Evgeny Malkin around <laughs> during this entire season. Uh, like Islanders wouldn't even be playing the Penguins and, and yeah. Witt would hit, would hit Malkin. Yeah, you're on to something there. Also, one of my favorite moments, there was a stretch there where the pairing of uh, Brendan Witt and Radek Martinek just gave Alex Ovechkin fits. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. That was just That's probably great. one of my favorite times in the right. NHL. That's funny. That's shades of Travis Hamanek doing that to Malkin years later, you know. Right. You just love watching it. Um, but, yeah, so it was a scrappy bunch. And, and again, like Simon, you know, his, his sort of 100-point penalty minute days were behind him, but – uh, I count six fights uh, that he had that season, uh, including uh, a late season one that I found against Todd Fedorik of the Flyers. Simon, with the patience not to over-engage, waits out, waits back there, keeps himself open. So that's the eighth for Simon. Timeout for a fight. It's going to be Simon and Fedorik. Well, Fedorik trying to fire up his team, and the Islanders are so fired up. That I don't think a fight's going to make that much of a difference, but Simon has gotten a couple of big ones in on the helmet list. Fedorik, oh boy, Chris Simon, four big left hands on Todd Fedorik. And Fedorik, a big guy, hanging right in with Simon. Don't forget Fedorik's coming back from a crushed orbitable bone from a fight as well. Oh, Simon scored seemingly with at least three real big left hands. And Fedorik, give him credit, as he's thrown and scored with a couple of rights. So Fedorik staying with Simon, who's now uppercutting him. And an overhand left. And Simon wants more of Fedorik. I guess his face healed pretty well. That was a respect fight right there, Holly. We were laughing before we came on because I was like, you know, what's funny about this clip is that – he scored a goal just before the fight. The goal is not part of the video. Just the fight is part of the video, which is basically all you need to know about Chris Simon. But he had 10 goals that year uh, for the Islanders, which is pretty good. Like, that's that's a pretty good contribution. 17 assists as well. So he had a pretty good year. I forgot to mention, by the way, he had come from Calgary, um, 
where two years earlier he had made the cup final again. So this was the kind of guy, again, like, you know, he'd kind of been discarded, uh, but he knew how to play. And, you know, with a coach that believed in him, you thought it was pretty good. So as we said, you know, we get to the Islanders. Uh, the whole season's kind of crazy. We get to the trade deadline. Who shows up? Ryan Smith. Oh, my God. What's going on now? I got Chris Simon and Ryan. Said, How is this even possible? Um, and all of a sudden, they're looking like a playoff team. Well, I shouldn't say that because they didn't look like a playoff team for a while. Um, but the playoffs were in sight. Uh, and then we get to incident number one. <laughs> we shall, we shall uh, call it. Um, this is the Ryan Holweg incident. For the Rangers, a power play goal in the second. Asher missed it. Betts. Oh, Simon just smacked Holweg with a stick. And now gets his, his hands up. And Holweg still down on the ice. I mean, I know, I believe Holweg hit Simon first, but Simon turned around and gave Holweg a two-hander to the midsection. I mean, it looked like he was chopping a tree. Jim Ramsey out on the ice now, attending to Hallwig. What a turning point this could be. And Simon is being escorted off oh the boy. ice. I mean, this could be a long power play for the Rangers. You talk about bad timing to lose your cool. Bad time to lose your cool. You can see there's some, there's there some, blood. some blood out there. There's Hallwig. Slowly getting up. I don't know where he took the stick, but Simon just turned around. I mean, he swung it like a baseball bat. This was just before the end of the season, a couple of games after that Fedora game, and it's against the Rangers. And how do I put this? Let's see. Uh, Holwig. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Holwig hits. He does hit Simon, but it's kind of, it's not a bad hit, but he kind of pushes Simon into the boards. Simon gets up and. Well, he swings his stick at Holweg's head, neck, whatever you want to say, and it's bad. It's it's real bad. He's on the ground. He, you know, Simon, the whole brouhaha gets Sam, Sam Rosen is all up in up in arms, and uh, and they caught him off the ice. And uh, you're just like, wow, that that escalated quickly. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, do you, so, do you remember this? I mean, I know before we, I even looked it up on YouTube, I remembered. Clearly, like I could just picture this in my head because I've seen a million still shots of it. But like, do you remember this incident and and like kind of what you were thinking okay. when you saw it happen? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, I remember this vividly because I was in the crowd. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, this was so this is when I was in high school. So I guess there was so much weight in this game too. Mm. Islanders, Rangers, you know, right. it's always a big one. Very late in the season. It was March Very late in the season. Yeah. Both teams were good. I think it was probably the last time both teams – were at least pretty good at the same time. Right. Um, and so it definitely added a lot to it. Um, me being in high school, there's a thing. I, I'm not sure if guys did that did this where you grew up, Dan, but like you, you would go to school the next day wearing your Islanders jersey, if the Islanders beat the Rangers, <laughs> stuff like that, kind of rub it in your friend's face. So right. a lot was weighing on it. It was a 1-1 game. Uh, and I just remember the play happened so fast. And I, I saw the second that Chris Simon got up, I knew something was going going <laughs> down. You could just tell the, the look in his eyes, even up from up in the three hundreds, you could tell this was going to be a this is going to mm. be an issue. So I, when it happened, I've seen so many things in hockey. I've been to so many <laughs> hockey games, and I still have never been able to replicate that feeling of just complete and utter shock at what I just saw. Because <laughs> there's no like, it's just so far beyond the realm of what you see during a normal hockey game that yeah, you're just like what the heck just happened? Like, it's just, it, it was, and it, again, I rem will remember the still of that for my entire life. I guess Bruce Bennett or whoever was positioned in a good spot that you could, I could picture Simon with two hands on his stick, just making that contact with Holweg's head. Again, it's hard to tell like where he got hit. I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess, at the head, neck, whatever, but it was pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, Mike, did you see this as well? I yeah. mean, were you there? <laughs> yeah, I was there. Oh my God. <laughs> too. Um, but, but I was on the opposite corner of the ice. Right. And I just remember seeing Hallwick hit Simon. And, and at that point, you know how, when it was, it didn't look like dastardly, but it, mm. it looked borderline. And I think right. in today's NHL, like Ryan Hallwick might be getting a phone call for that hit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, 
in that kind of, and especially an Islander Ranger game, when something like that happens, like everyone kind of just like stands up and gets right. ready. And I remember in that, the, the split second it took for me to stand up and maybe blink, the next thing on the ice that I can see clearly is, is Hallway down. Mm. And like, I didn't see the hit. So this is going to sound bad, but like, I didn't see what happened, but everybody um, on my side of the ice had thought that Simon went to fight him and Holwig just like turtled and was like on the ground. And so people were, you know, calling Holwig, you know what, and whatever. (laughs) And so like my section of the crowd was kind of jeering Holwig for this, which obviously was completely the wrong thing to do. (laughs) Um, And and this was pre, pre smartphone, pre anything. Right. You look, you think about what the Islanders were working with in terms of like replay and jumbotron back mm. then. Like we weren't going to see what happened. Uh, all I know is that eventually, kind of, we kind of all figured out what happened. Uh, and just knowing, because it was one one at the time in that game, mm. d- deep in the game too. And just knowing, like, man, I've seen that movie so many times where the Islanders are like playing tough with the Rangers deep into a game, and then the Rangers get a cheap call and mm. and score on the power play. And and, not, and once again, not saying this was a cheap call, but but in in the moment, r- being disappointed, being like, "Oh, did Holwig just like embellish his way to a cheap power play for the Rangers?" They're gonna, they're, I'm gonna have to watch someone, you know, Yager or someone score, mm. probably Marty Straka or Michael Nylander because they scored thousands of goals against the Islanders. Um, always on the power play too. Always on the yeah. power play. Yeah. No, and no matter what, like the Islanders would be having a great penalty kill, and you're like, "Wow, they're gonna get through this," and with like eight seconds left. It would be a you know Dan Girardi flip wrister <laughs> and it would bang off someone's knee and pass Di Pietro, right. and you know lo and behold that's what happened. Um, I, I don't know who scored the goal, but I just remember you know that leaving that arena that night, and it, it was you could feel like you could feel the environment, you could feel the atmosphere mm. in the Coliseum on on a lot of different occasions, and that one was weird like just it was dark it was very strange you didn't want to say anything to anyone we just my friend's dad who brought us was like we getting we're getting out of here mm-hmm. right now yeah. yeah yeah i remember that there's so many different feelings i've had leaving the leaving the coliseum and walking through that parking lot and nothing has ever matched that day <laughs> it, it, it was truly one of a kind you had sort of all of us islanders fans in complete shock and mm. a little bit hard just like what just happened of course, the loss itself was kind of crazy. You didn't know what was going to happen in terms of suspensions. Um, you, you just didn't know. You kind of felt like, is this going to be the beginning of the season spiraling out of control for us? Mm. And then on top of that, you had all your idiot Rangers fans, friends in the parking lot. <laughs> right. The worst possible team to have happen, to this, right, against. Um, and it's also one of those things, like, what do you even say? Like, as an Islanders yeah. fan, like, I didn't want, you know, I want to beat the Rangers, but I don't want anybody to, like, took a stick to the mush, you know, like that's not what I'm here for. And so, yeah, it's just one of those kind of, yeah, awkward. And like, like I said, like we were like Simon, that whole season was like, this sounds a little patronized, but like he was on his best behavior. Yeah. So, like he was, he was, he was fighting at the right time. He was, he was a beast. I remember just him being like a beast when, uh, when he was fighting for us and like being like, wow, like hmm. that Todd Fedoric fight, for example, like you watch it, Todd Fedoric was, was a heavyweight back then. Hmm. And, and Simon looked, so much bigger than him and he he was he was just doing he was playing his role perfectly he was skating up to the line and he wasn't crossing it he wasn't even coming close to really crossing Mm. it at that point and then all of a sudden we just saw the you know the the other side of you know chris simon i guess and and i remember afterwards there was a lot of I, I can remember this vividly too, like him in his locker stall, like they interviewed him after the game yes. and it was those like wooden, yeah. wooden locker stalls and him saying like, I know I've been known as a team guy and that's, you know, I just uh, feel bad, really bad for letting the team down. And uh, I, I just don't really want to say anything about the incident right now because I got to have a, uh, Talk with the league first. Um, I just finished my check on him uh, against on the half wall on our end, and um, uh, he, I, guess, I think he was a little uh, phased by it. And then I turned around, and the next thing I knew, he was uh, winding up and hit me in the face. So in the face. Yeah. How do you feel right now? I feel great that we got the win. <laughs> that makes all that pain go away. So um, you know, like I said, the, getting the two points was huge for us. I don't really remember what happened because I got cheap shotted, and the team kind of like galvanizing around that like like the, the other players like the league will take care of it but like he got hit from behind so he mm. clearly wasn't right when he did that and um 
Yeah. Uh, and like Eric said, like you were, were really worried that that was going to be the moment where the season took, took a, took a really deep dive downward and it did, <laughs> but there were just, were still so many chapters left. Right. Of course they weren't with Chris Simon cause he was suspended, but like, right. it, it, like it, that, that season, that was like a, a valley from that season. And that season had about three more peaks and valleys after that moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I was going to say, like, we talk a lot about the playoff run with Ryan Smith and Chris Simon wasn't a part of it. He just, <laughs> he just was not there because he got suspended. Let me make sure I got this right. 25 games, uh, yes. which was the rest of the regular season plus five the next game. And so he just missed the whole thing. My uh, favorite part here is that uh, he did at least avoid criminal cr- criminal charges because the <laughs> Nassau County DA did actually investigate the incident. So, yes, um, of course. Uh, probably because the police chief was a Rangers fan. Yeah, but, exactly. uh, I, I don't take my word for it. I'm just saying it's yeah. a possibility. Anyway, but, but, you know, we would have testified for him, but we would have sure. been like, "Look, trust us. He's been he's been right. behaving well this season. You don't right. understand. Don't. This is just an outlier. <laughs> we need him. He's on our power play. If you can yeah. believe that, <laughs> ten goals. They need those goals. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So 25 games suspension, which was at the time. Uh, I believe the longest one uh, eclipsing Dale, Dale Hunters, which also obviously involved the Islanders. Uh, and then again, five games the next season. And so um, that season ends with that crazy push, the way Dublowitz uh, uh, poke check, the playoff series against the Sabres. And then that was it. So they come back. Uh, the Islanders re-signed Chris Simon. After all this, they still re-signed him. And which was a little bit, I don't know, controversial is not really the word, but I'm sure a lot of people were like, Wait, what? Why would you do that? But again, he cited his relationship with Ted Nolan as wanting to come back. He had a great time playing on Long Island, really wanted to. So he sits out for his first five games, comes back, plays a bunch. It's not really working. He's got one goal, three assists. Uh, He plays 28 games and history, as it often does, repeats itself. And now we have incident number two, the Yarko Rutu incident. Well, we went to break, and Yarko Rutu, number 37, was on the ice. Watch the skates of Chris Simon. There's one, and then with Rutu down on the ice, Chris Simon steps, wow. kicks the skate of Yarko Rutu. And Justin St. Pierre, the referee, number 45, immediately came over and saw to it that Chris Simon escorted off the ice immediately. He could sever a tendon that way. Yeah. Deliberate attempt to injure is the call. Well, a major penalty against the, the Islanders. Rutu was hobbling off the ice. Seems to be okay now, but Chris Simon got called for a penalty that's the last thing that his team needed right now. Probably one of the last thing he needs as well to be taking a penalty like that. They were near the benches. Rutu, Rutu was down. Now, Rutu, not that he deserved this, but... Yoko Rutu was a piece of garbage. Like this guy who was an agitator, a pest. I hated this guy because he played for the Penguins, a team I hate normally anyway. And he's down on his knees. It must have been a hit or whatever. And near the benches. And Simon is going off to the Islanders bench, puts his foot right down on Rutu's ankle. Obviously, there's a skate there and is immediately ejected. Some Penguin tried to fight him. Again, all hell breaks loose. He's gone. And this ends up being a 31 game suspension, 30 game suspension, which was effectively most of the rest of the regular season too. Um, were you at also were either of you at this game too? Uh, I don't, I didn't remember this, the scenario as well as I did the whole wig thing, but I, and reading about it, it kind of came back to like, Oh yeah, that's right. But they kind of blended together. Like, it's just like, he just kind of became not so much a part of the team anymore, which is kind of crazy because he had been such a big part of the team earlier. All of a sudden now he's like the suspension guy and you can't <laughs> really count on him anymore for being there. But I mean, do Eric, we'll start with you. Like, were you at this game or what do you remember about it? So I, I unfortunately was not at this one. But I, did, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I do remember the incident just being what seemed like a pretty benign, like you know, bench mix up, you know, yeah. where, where the guys come together during a line change and something was said. And then it, you didn't really see what happened the first time when you saw the replay. Then they showed a, a slowed down, zoomed in, and it's like, oh, yeah. Mm, he definitely yeah. stamped on him. Um, and it, it was just such a kind of a shocking play, too, because you didn't really see anything like that either. It's it just 
uh, out of normal character NHL violence that you, you, you don't see. So was, I, I thought even though it was pretty benign looking, it was probably just as shocking as the uh, the head shop at Hallwig. So um, that that definitely stuck with me a bit as, as a memory. And on top of that, I mean, the fact that it was Yarko Rutu was just, <laughs> I don't know, it makes me chuckle. What a, like, a classic 2000, like 2007, 2008, I think this was, like, just name there. And, right. and of course, he's involved. He was involved in a lot of incidents, I kind of feel, yeah. because he, he's definitely a great A-pass, dirty I would say dirty player. Yeah. Uh, definitely mm-hmm. long in a long lineage of these like sort of finished pests that come over every now and then to make their <laughs> mark on the league. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think I was there for that one. And I re- remember when the Islanders re-signed Simon, it was kind of like, like there was a weird thing with that team because they were so old the, mm. the first year. And I think they kind of just emptied their tank that like that next season, th- what they did was like, they kind of reinforced them with, lesser versions of what well, the guys they just signed the previous offseason like they got like Mike Conry and Ruslan Fedotenko and Bill Guerin and John Sim and these guys like <laughs> like like a lot of future fu- uh focuses yeah. of this show exactly. this is what you're saying like yeah. and like Andy Sutton and, right. and like like I, it, it was almost like Gar Snow was just like oh let's just do the same thing over again mm. like in the offseason and, and we'll also bring back and uh, Sillinger when he first signed was a three-year deal uh, Brendan Witt was a three-year deal Shatan was still uh, on his deal. Uh, so, so they still had this like veteran flavor. And, but the thing that ended up happening when you're not going to believe this, but like guys like Richard Park and, and Chris Simon and, and Mike Sillinger, they didn't replicate the magic that they had <laughs> the season before because they were another year older, another right. year closer to 40. Um, and, and I just remember watching Simon that year. It was almost like Sean Bates, like towards the tail end of his career too. Like I think Bates actually might've been on this team still. Cause he definitely was on the season before. And you're like, you could just tell he's just like being, he's like not all there anymore. Like he's mm. just pieced together with duct tape. And it became kind of sad because it like, like I said before, like this wasn't like watching an NHL legend breakdown. And you're mm. like, you know, like almost like Char where you're just like, he, he's deserved, he just, he will give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, whereas like Chris Simon and, and Sean Bates, when they break down, it looks, it looks a lot uglier than, than <laughs> Zidane Chara, And it just became a lot harder to not root for him, but like, almost defend him and his like role on the team anymore. And, and then the root two thing happened and you're like, man, he, did he like, I almost felt a little betrayed. Like, cause, yeah. cause even after the hallway thing, like I was like, you know what? Like everybody makes 20 mistakes, you know, in their <laughs> life and in their NHL career, I'm still, I'll stick with him for a little bit longer. And I felt right. like a little betrayed when the root two thing happened. Uh, because that one was like, like, I'm not making excuses. I really hope that I, I don't get in trouble after this episode, but because <laughs> I'm not making excuses for what he did with Holwig, but like th- the context there was that he, he clearly, I guess was clouded. His judgment was mm. very clouded. After I have to say, if he, he definitely would not, he would not pass concussion tests. I would have said, right. Well, exactly. we're going to get to that in a little bit for sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> By and his own admission, so like yeah. he, 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 not making excuses, but like there is some context given to, to what he did to Holwig. The root two thing was just like, Man, like that is, we make fun of the code, like the code mm. in the NHL. That is like rule number one not to do. You you are wearing something very sharp at the bottom of your feet. You can really do damage with it. Um, what are you doing? And that's why you felt like a little betrayed because you, you, you fell in love with the Chris Simon story the season before. It ended up having a, you know, kind of a dark ending in, in 06, 07. And then you're like, okay, get yourself back into our good graces. Don't do that, man. Mm. Thirty game suspension after twenty five game suspension. Are you yeah. nuts? Yeah. Um, and and it just became harder to like just to root for him. And um, now we're like, you know, I could still f- remember how I felt like after both of those occasions. And, and I remember like the joy I, I would get after some big moments from him. like one of my favorite games ever was uh, two thousand seven February. It was Mark Andre Bergeron's first game at the Nassau Coliseum as an Islander. They were playing the Penguins, who were good. Uh, the Islanders were in the mix. They they just had signaled that they were buyers by trading Dennis Grebishkov to the Oilers for <laughs> for Bergeron. Like the Islanders are being a are going to be a buyer. This is so exciting. Go to that game. It was a wild affair. They once they came back from three one down. I think they came back from five four down to win six five on a Cylinder goal uh, in the last minute. And like Cylinder Hilbert and Hunter just shut down Crosby on like a shift at the end of the game. Uh, and DPH had a had, even though he let a five goals. I remember him being really good. 
um, <laughs> in that one, <laughs> crazy enough. But uh, Simon had had a had a big goal in that game. Robitaille up to the Pittsburgh line, across to Simon, he scores. He, he like had a penchant to like pop up in that season with a big goal uh, and, and like contribute in a positive way up until the Hallwig thing. And then he just didn't do it in the season, the next season. And you just, it just became harder to, to like deal with. And um, like we're, they're villain, they're like heroes and villains in sports. Um, but like when you talk about it, it's like, yeah, this guy's a villain because like he scores against me or he's like a little bit of a pest. Like when you, when you cross the line into being like an actual villain, it, it it starts to suck to like have them on your team and yeah I, like now now you're like dealing with this the weight of you know I, do I was do I like Chris Simon do I not like Chris mm. Simon I don't know like I really don't yeah. know anymore like Again, what I, do you say to be, people too right like, exactly like I really enjoyed a lot of what he did with the Islanders right. I enjoyed the story it was really cool to have that kind of connection between him and Nolan on that mm. team but like now you look back on it you're like man. Mm. I don't, I like, just don't know how to unpack this guy. <laughs> it, it was, it was sad. Like, it was like sad to see him because his play dropped off too. He clearly wasn't yes. himself. Like everything kind of fell apart all at once on him. And he just, it just wasn't right. You know, it, you could tell after, after all that he'd sort of been through <laughs> with the, with the suspension with the hall against him, you kind of felt that took something away from him. Uh, yeah. And he just wasn't really the same sense, but you know, he did give us, some good there in the beginning and it was a really like promising story but you kind of start all come crashing down with uh, one swing of a stick at, at ryan Hol- holwick's head so, basically yeah, yeah. and it's i crazy. hated holwick sorry i'm sorry i really <laughs> hated holwick too like he was he was talk about a pest like yeah. holwick holwick was a pest who who wasn't good at hockey yeah like and and, and when you talk to ranger fans and this guy was like the second coming like yeah, yeah. like you know holwick is like living the dream man he he's 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 not great, but he works so hard. Like, bro, like I look at our team. I got Richard mm. Park on my team. He works really hard, but he's actually pretty good. Like, right. it, you, you know, like this isn't like a new thing that you guys invented. Yeah. With, like a, a lesser skilled player working really hard. He was brutal. The Flyers still have that Broad Street Bullies like kind of reputation. But uh, people seem to forget that the Rangers went for about 10 years trying to sign every goon, Cretan, mutant, and tough guy in the league. Remember Sandy McCarthy, Sandy Rangers? McCarthy, like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? Like, what is this guy doing here? And they stunk. Dale they stunk. Purinton. Yeah, Dale like Purinton. Those- yeah. PJ Stock. Like, all these guys, they just stunk. They were just goons, but the Rangers never get that. Well, anyway, um, so yeah, so with that suspension, the 30 game suspension, that basically spelled the end of Chris Simon's tenure with the Islanders. And you'd think that. You know, he's never going to play again with them or they're going to assign him to Bridgeport or whatever. But uh, lo and behold, there was still one chapter left. And it's pretty incredible to think. And Eric, you brought this up before the show, too, that the the Islanders actually got something in a trade for Chris Simon at the end of the season. They (laughs) sent it to Minnesota, who were going to the playoffs. And uh, he ended up playing 10 games for the Wild. No points. He ended up playing two playoff games for them. They lost in the first round of the Avalanche. So in a way, it kind of all came around for Chris Simon. But like they got a draft pick for him somehow. And that turned into a guy who is probably also going to be an episode of this <laughs> show at some point. Uh, and will you reveal who that person is? Yes. Uh, Drumroll, please. That is <laughs> that is Justin DiBenedetto. Unbelievable. So he, uh, yeah. So really, it just it's kind of a gift that keeps on giving Chris Simon right. in a way. Oh, definitely. Uh, he uh, a lighthouse hockey favorite, I should say. Justin Benedetto was yeah, was Debo. definitely on. What's that? Debo. I remember Debo. him. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, he, uh, he, he played with he played with Steven Stamkos in yeah. Sarnia, right? Like that's why he, he like they, oh he like God. had it was it was it met, the line was Matt Martin, Steven Stamkos, and Justin Debo wow. Benedetto. And yeah. I distinctly remember this because like Garth was definitely big on the theme drafts. 
because mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> you mean like all defensemen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think he took maybe maybe it was all one draft or over the course of a couple of years. So he took like three guys from that Sarnia Sting team. <laughs> sure enough, none of them were Steven Stamkos. But it was. I, mean, I think he gave us Benedetto, Mark Haddock, and then Mark Matt Haddock, Martin. Yeah, right. And Matt Martin, who is still with us to this day. So That's at least funny. one of them panned out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you think about Martin like a little bit, like he kind of is what Chris, like what Chris Simon was to that era. Like Martin is kind of mm. to this one where it's like, he's a big guy. He, he can handle himself with physically and whatever. And like the difference is Martin is exceptionally clean. And like mm. after a cup, like what one or two like hiccups and, and like minor hiccups as a, as a young player, like has, has been just like one of the cleanest, you know, tough guys in the league for, for so long. And it's, it's, it's funny to see like what, what Chris Simon probably would have been in like the modern NHL is, is, is Matt Martin. Although right. I think Simon is, is weird. It's weird to say, but you know, Simon, I think is a, a couple tiers above him in terms of actual like athletic skill. Yeah. 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 Um, I, would, I would also just say like, it's just kind of crazy because we understands have such a soft spot for that type of guy, right? Mm. So look, oh, yeah. look at the legacy. Like Michael Haley, amongst Islanders fans, <laughs> is a legend. And he yeah. played maybe, what, 20 games for the Islanders? But he yeah. made his impression. Uh, Trevor Gillies, like another one of those in that mm. sort of vein. Zen, Zen and Kanopka, personal Zen- favorite of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we, we love those yeah. guys who are oh, like yeah. hard-nosed, blue-collar stories. Well, and that goes back to the beginnings of the franchise, too. Nystrom and Gary Howitt and uh, Jerry Hart and all those guys, they they started like not that they were goons, but like they could fight all the time. Gill- Clark Gillies, obviously. And so, yeah, no, definitely we have an affinity yeah. for those guys. And, and-, and that's why like Simon, like you just were rooting for him. You're like, no, right. like we will give you the benefit of the doubt. We will love you. We will right. like every everything you need, like you will get from this team and this fan base. You just need to do your part and like color within the lines. Um, mm. And if you do it, if you don't, like, then start, then we'll start to, like, you know, maybe, like, we'll have a conversation or something. But, like, if you show us the faith by signing here mm. at, at a time when nobody was, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you, like, an opportunity to, to, to do what you came here to do. Like, whether it's yeah. re- resurrect your career. For him, it was, like, almost just, like, getting on the straight and narrow. Like, mm. um, so that's why, man, it's just, it is a heartbreaking kind of uh story right. here that that uh with 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 chris simon who, who i mean there's just so much to this guy's yeah. islander just his <laughs> islander career and that his islander career is a blip right compared to the rest of it it's just i mean his final stat line with the islanders was let me just get this right uh it, his final stat line with the islanders 95 games 11 goals 19 assists 30 points 118 penalty minutes that's it but he also had 50 games worth of suspension. <laughs> so like you're talking about a guy who had almost 200 games, really, you know, I mean, 150 games basically, but he, there's only half of them there and there's only 95 of them there. So it's pretty wild. Now, after he played with the wild, again, they talk about a blip, 10 games, no points on a team that, that, you know, flamed out in the first round of the playoffs. Um, he played a little bit in Russia and then, uh, and then that was it. And, you know, he kind of just kind of, disappeared into the ether well a couple of years later uh i shouldn't say a couple of years um oh we forgot to bring up a huge thing so when he stomped on diarco rutu colin campbell who was in charge of nhl discipline at the time made a remark about how he might have been drunk or something like he kind of intimated that maybe he had been using substances the islanders vehemently denied that it wasn't part of the whole thing and this was kind of part of the story that I had totally forgotten or maybe didn't even, you know, read at the time, but it was kind of funny that they were like, no, no, he, you know, that that's categorically false that he was under the influence at the time, but he did stomp on that guy. So the, the suspension is definitely warranted, but uh, let's, let's, let's be honest. It was for the right reasons or whatever, not those reasons. Um, but in any event, um, so in 2017, uh, he ended up in the news again because of bankruptcy, unfortunately, he was going through uh, a bankruptcy issue, uh, him and his wife. And um, this was when, and you mentioned it before, concussion protocol. This is when he gets into having CTE uh, from head injuries, fights and things like that. And, and uh, you know, he, he really, this is where, you know, we kind of we kind of laugh about it. But at the same time, like this is where the, the reality comes in and, and the human element comes in. And these guys got hurt. And they're hurt in ways that don't heal 
that quickly or if at all. And he was a guy who kind of suffered after leaving the game and, and couldn't really get himself straight. Uh, I don't know what came of that bankruptcy uh, filing and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but in 2021, uh, really quickly, uh, a reporter for the Avalanche caught up with Simon, who's living in the Northwest Territories where he's from. And uh, he's doing his thing. He's fishing. He's he's living his life. I think he might be uh, mentoring some some younger players. Let's see. It's right here. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's using his time to fish. He's uh, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> he's uh, you know kind of just living uh, on his own and and still still kicking. So uh, you know, I hope he finds peace. I hope he he finds uh, good health, and uh, I hope he knows that you know there are Islanders fans that remember the good parts <laughs> of his tenure with the club and not the uh, the two big suspensions uh, that that a lot of people remember. So. Uh, Eric, I'll throw it to you. Like, what does the Chris Simon Islanders era mean to you? Like, what you know, when you when if you picture Chris Simon Islander, what what is that that comes to mind first for you? Yeah, uh, he to me kind of embodies a lot of the Islander fan experience for people kind of in my age group, where uh, we missed the dynasty, so we didn't really have too much great going on. So a lot of a lot of our story as fans is, is a little bit scrappy underdog come up, and that that part of the story is, is always kind of gravitated me towards me towards uh, Chris Simon and that 2006, 2007 team. Um, it was a special time. I think we kind of turned it around and I, I think I definitely trend more towards wanting to remember a little bit of the good stuff, but also <laughs> the bad stuff too. And that's, that's <laughs> been a lot of the Islander fan experience. It's been, you know, a lot of highs, some unbelievable lows. Um, and I think at the end of the day though, you, you kind of look back finally and you, you remember the people you're with and, and all the, the fun times you had. And also you kind of laugh at some of the, the bad stuff, but you know, to take the, take a little bit of a, a note from this, the, the story in terms of the struggles he had post career, I think also it's just a good uh, lesson just to, you know, when we, when we talk about these guys as players and we, we think about them, there, there is a whole bunch of story that we don't see. And um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's important we as fans sometimes kind of take a breath and, uh, <laughs> and remember that these guys are just normal guys like you and me and that they're yeah. going to have their struggles too. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I think uh, definitely we can kind of stand to give some of our guys a break, Josh, like Josh Bailey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, it always comes back to Josh Bailey. Two number 12. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Two number, two number. Maybe we'll have a, a dual number retirement ceremony when uh, Josh <laughs> Bailey number retires. Uh, no, yeah, that's great. No, you, and you're right. You know, I mean, they, they're like superheroes to us, but they are just, they're just humans yeah. and, and they could be suffering inside. What about you, Mike? What is what does Chris Simon mean to you as an Islander? Yeah, I think Eric put it perfectly there. And it's just like there's just so much to unpack with him. And in, in the it's like kind of what, like with the Islanders and all the like, the stuff that they get themselves into, whether it's Simon or Tavares, <laughs> the of Charles Wong, Gar Snow getting hired. Like there's all this, you know, to, to people on the outside, they'll be like, oh, Chris Simon, like he mm. he's a dirtbag. He, he, he two handed. Ryan Holwig in the face and and, uh, <laughs> and then stomp someone on the on the on the heel and like you're like yeah but there was a lot more to that what what was going on uh, with with him and you know the Islanders like when people are like oh like what they're right. moving to the Barclays where are the Islanders playing this year like Barclays mm. Center that place sucks like oh yeah but it does but let, let me explain to you the rest of the context <laughs> like, there's, there's so much context that's needed with this team basically at every twist and turn mm. like. You could be playing like Justin D. Benedetto played how many games with the Islanders, and look how right. much context you know you needed to 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 kind of just like give to be like this is why this guy actually is a funny footnote because he mm. he, he maybe gave us Matt Martin somehow mm. like this is a very strange kind of uh, universe, but um, yeah, it's it's it just Eric's right like you, like these we we make athletes into characters of stories of our lives, and, <laughs> and it's like unfair to do. Right. Uh, to them basically all the time because there is always an actual person under the helmet <laughs> um, and and under the long bl- dark locks of, of Chris Simon. Mm. Um, and I, and I do also just, just one other quick thing about him. He was such an imposing figure. I feel yes. like after games, like in, in interviews, he was, he's someone I can always remember when like the FS1 crew would like go interview him. He, he had a really deep voice, but he was like kind of quietly deep. Um, he had that shaved head with us. He was just mm. like a big presence. Um, and, and he was just a huge part of that season. 
uh, which I think really was what taught me about what the Islanders, what rooting for this team was, is all about. Um, <laughs> and Eric, I know you have uh, a story about, about Simon and, and, and Garsnow and Loudville. Oh, that we <laughs> oh need to yeah. Hear first. Yes, I we do. need to hear that. Yeah. So when I mentioned before, like I, I think at the very beginning uh, that if you look at the Chris Simon story, you can appreciate a little bit how far the Islanders have come. Uh, I know we just had a rough season, but it, it really, we've really come a long way since then. So uh, around that time, uh, they had the Loudville promotion. And for those who don't know what the Loudville promotion was, is if you had a student ID, you could basically show up day of the game and get tickets for, for I think it was five bucks. Mm. Something like that. It was a really good deal. And I think at some point they expanded it. You get like a burrito or something like that. But <laughs> uh, anyway, so like they, they it just during that 06, 07 season, they were actually pretty good. They got to a good start. So it became pretty hard to get the level tickets. So because uh, they only had a limited capacity. So me and my brother showed up early. I forget what game it was, but we showed up early to get online. And we're like one of the first people online. And for some reason, the Islanders, it was probably early into the promotion. They they, they made it a big deal to make a, a, you know, a media blitz on this. So they had like Neil Best, for example, <laughs> like working the line, trying to get some quotes from the people waiting online. And uh, it was a freezing day, too. Like, it, I, I think it must have been like December-ish. Um, and you, you know those Coliseum wins when you, when you feel them. Uh, just thinking about it kind of chills my bones <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I just remember standing on that line and then part of the fanfare there was they had Garth Snow sort of working the crowd a little bit too. Mm. So Garth Snow was like going there, I guess, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, uh, doing the, <laughs> doing what he thought the GM thing was, I think at the time, because he was still only halfway through or even a quarter way through his first season as GM. Um, and he had spent a little bit extra time with the people in front of the line. And I just remember at this time, I don't know if you guys remember this period of the season, but Chris Simon is actually playing on the first line next to Alexi Yashin. Yep. Oh my god. So, yeah, yeah. For a good chunk of the season, which is kind of just a hilarious pairing of people if you think about it. <laughs> like, in what world do these people belong? Right. Yeah. Like together, but it's they were together for a while, and I just remember just being so perplexed by that. You know, I like I was definitely a Chris Simon fan, but I was like, I don't know if he's the first liner. And, and this became like in the, in the, while we were talking before about how maybe. Uh, maybe the Ted Nolan Islanders were a little bit of like a precursor of the Barry Trotz era. I would guess I would actually go to say, go as far to say as Chris Simon was, was to Ted Nolan, what Leo Komarov was to Barry Trotz <laughs> in this way. But see, he just would find his place, his way up in the top six at times. And mm. I was really perplexed by this. So when I got my five seconds with Garth, I'd ask him, so what, what's the plan really with Chris Simon on the first line? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't know what I was expecting to get as a high schooler out of him. You know, like, is mm. he really going to tell me the, the the trade secrets he's got brewing? And I, I want to say maybe my conversation steered us to getting to getting to the Ryan Smith era. But uh, <laughs> I just remember him re- responding with, well, he was my roommate for a bit in Quebec, which is an <laughs> unbelievable sentence, <laughs> by the way. And he's like, he, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. You'd be really surprised how good of a guy he is. And, you know, he could play a bit too. And and he kind of just left it at that in his Garth way. just like, hmm. you know, kind of soft, the Boston accent. And then went on working the crowd. But uh, to this right. day, I, I think I want to take a little bit of credit for that Ryan Smith trip. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It's a funny story. And I could picture it happening. But at the same time, like, when you think about NHL to, to this day, throughout history, how many guys are on were or placed on their lines for reasons exactly that stupid or stupider? Like, oh yeah, I, I was his roommate, so we'll put him on the first line. I mean, how do we know if uh, you know Barry Trotz and Leo Komarov didn't go back years, or you know uh, Jack Capuano and uh, and anybody who was irritating at the time <laughs> being on a certain line, you know? So. Well, uh, that's just, that's hilarious, but you know, and I, I'm sure at the time I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. You're, back, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing too, yeah. Like just to summarize there, like, if you think about it, could you imagine Lou Lamarillo like, even entertaining <laughs> that conversation? That's also true. Yeah. So, <laughs> we've come a long yeah. way. He's yeah. a talented player. So yeah. put him on the top line. <laughs> I, it's, I, I mean, I wasn't, I was not there for that. And, but I can absolutely just picture 
right. that crowd, right? Like with the those metal fences that yes. they put out to like to like put you into the box office uh, yeah. right outside the box office of the Coliseum, and and I could just I want to put on a coat because like, I was going to say just think about yeah. how cold and dark it probably was. I mean, uh, we've been we've all been out in the cold in that parking lot a lot, oh, so you can boy. picture it immediately. Yeah, all that just to <laughs> talk all. to Garston for five seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but what a great story! Now you have for the rest of your life. So there, you go. <laughs> that's great. Well, Eric, this has been a ton of fun. I, I hope you've had a great time. We're living these uh, these deep, very Chris Simon memories. Oh, I've had a blast, guys. It's uh, honestly Weird Islanders is is probably the the best thing going. <laughs> Oh, wow. Thank you very much. Uh, as, as you've known Mike for a long time, I need to ask you specifically, uh, of these Islanders of that from that 2006-2007 season, which would you think best describes uh, Mike a, as a person? Is he a Mike Sillinger type, you know, reliable <laughs> utility player? Is he a Wade Dubowitz type sort of unsung hero? Or is he a Rick DiPietro type? Lots of yapping, 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 and then kind of falls apart when the the lights are on. Who, who what would you, how would you describe Mike uh, amongst those three? Or maybe there's somebody else on that team. That- um, Eric Boganecki. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. He's, uh, I'd say, he's definitely a Mike Sillinger. I agree. I agree. That's what. That's wow, what that's as, bad as, as nice a thing as anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a compliment. To yeah, be, uh, it truly is. Yes. The yeah. third leading scorer on the 2006-2007 Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, oh my! You look at it; he was really the second because he was t- yeah, tied with Satan, yeah. right? Like Sillinger oh almost scored thirty goals that year. <laughs> he was oh so good. he was so good that year. That was that had to have been. He played all eighty-two games. Yeah. Wow. I mean, just look at the stat line for him. We're gonna we're gonna have to relax the rules a little bit for weird. Yeah, Islanders. no, I he's, think to he's do a weird a, Mike Sillinger we'll, we'll episode. We'll do our own Islanders Hall of Fame, and he'll be the first inductee. <laughs> oh, definitely. But, yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's just like you look at that team, and, and I know this is going long, but if you look at that team, the first, uh, let's see, twenty players on it, hmm. um, and this is in in terms of uh, descending order from the amount of points they scored. <laughs> um, none of them, hmm. none of them, were Islander draft picks. <laughs> yeah, you got to go all the way down uh, to Trent. Hunter. No, no, Trent sorry, Martinek. Martinek. Yeah, no, Trent uh, Hunter wasn't. Yeah, wow. it was Campoli and Martinek were the only two, and they were wow. fifteen and seventeen. <laughs> So, oh my God, that's, that's uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> a true mercenary team. Yeah, I mean, wow. and Simon wasn't the only guy who got suspended for the playoffs too. Like Sean Hill was suspended for, for PEDs. Like, yeah, oh, oh, just what a ridiculous season that was. Oh my God, well that's crazy. Well, Eric, this has been a blast. Uh, we will have you back again for a Justin DiBenedetto episode for sure, <laughs> and, and maybe we'll throw some Sean Hill in there too, uh, and get to that too. But uh, this has been so much fun. Um, is there a place where anybody can find you or you just, <laughs> you just want to leave it at that? I am, I am off the grid. So if, uh, you, if you have any complaints, you can forward <laughs> them to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yes. I, I always say that too. forward them to Mike. Uh, Mike, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. We'll be back with uh, an Islanders anxiety next week. Uh, maybe we'll have a new Stanley Cup champion. We'll see. We might have one this week, and we'll just be, you know, it'll be old news by the time we get to it. And then uh, we will follow that Islanders anxiety with our season finale of Weird Islanders uh, only season finale. We'll be back next season for sure. And we've already booked our super duper extra special guest, and you're not going to want to miss it because it is going to be excellent and awesome. And so has this. So I mean, can't go wrong. Uh, and we'll be back next week with uh, Islanders uh, anxiety as well. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later. And until then, keep the Islanders weird. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.